The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey, everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota. Listen, food brings out the passion in people, so let's talk about food together. Common Ground Minnesota is an online resource for you to do that, and it's 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 run by volunteer women farmers from Minnesota of all walks. We're talking big farms, small farms. We're talking dairy. We're talking produce. These women in agriculture are growing and raising the food that we all eat. We love to have a chat with them about what it, what it means to be sustainable and what does it mean when they're using pesticides and why are they doing it. All of this is available at Common Ground Minnesota website. It's commongroundminnesota.com. And then on that new website, you guys, there are videos, there's you know FAQs, there's topics, there's a great blog, all sorts of things, and recipes. And farm dogs, too, by the way. So there you go. Commongroundminnesota.com is your great resource for everything food and families and farms. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn. One time is it. On my talk 1071, I'm Steph March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. We are so happy you guys are here with us on this steamy Saturday. Stephanie is wearing the best shirt. She's sitting across from me. It's a shirt that said bad. Can you say it? I, I don't know. know. Bad butt. Northern warrior. <laughs> it doesn't make that any. It doesn't make it good now. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Bad A. You know, ladies, you got it. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's rock and rhyme. I love it. It's. I wrote that. <laughs> You like did? I wrote that about them, and then they put it on a T-shirt. So oh, I thought I like that it. was pretty funny. Yeah. So yes, so you can be responsible for the T-shirt. I know. So okay. Well, it's here. We are at the end of July. Yes. Basically. Thank you for everybody that was texting me and tweeting me overnight, asking about Ely and the garden. And so far, our pontoon lift is in the lake, but so tell, we can there fix was, that. There, there was, was a major se- storm yeah, last explain. night. 70 mile an hour straight line winds went through Ely and they had all set up and had been open for the Blueberry Arts Festival of the hundred and some tents, 50 or 70% are a loss Yeah, and just had blown all over the park. There's tree damage in the park. So they've canceled the Blueberry Arts Festival. That's too bad. It is too bad because a lot of these people, you know, they wait all year and a lot of these folks are on a circuit. So I wonder, I'm going to our art in Bayfront Park is August 21st and 22nd. So I wonder if we're going to have some cancellations of people that lost all their stuff. Oh, I wonder. Because people, you know, kind so of... So they had all a, their stuff set up before yes. and it was just... And it's just like a storm was coming and it people wasn't like, oh, even... batting down. And yep. then all of a sudden nobody realized 70 it was 70 mile an hour winds, there's not much wow. you can do. So there's just debris everywhere, apparently. Wow. Um. So yeah, so far, our mother, my mother-in-law was 
the power's out, but she seems okay. <laughs> Is it still out? It's still out? Yes. Okay. And one, one year, the power was out for nine days. Oh. But usually that's on the island. We have an island place and we have a place on the shore. So the shore power's out. The island power's out. I bet shore power will get restored pretty quick. Okay. That's a little It's terrifying. a real pain when you have to deal with all the refrigerators and the freezers and the stuff. Yeah. Ooh. I know. That's what I was thinking about. Like when there's a summer storm, I don't know. The winter storm, I don't know. You feel it because you can still put your food outside. You know what I mean? And True. then you can sort of be like if you lose power and yeah. I feel like you light your fires and you, you know, it's like, I don't know. There's something about the summer storm power outage when there's no AC either. You know, yep. that's well, at least up there. It's a we little don't bit have cooler. AC up there, but you it's know, a little cooler. Yeah. So, so thank right, you so for everyone fine. that was asking about it so far. Everything's fine. I don't know. Our lift will be fine. Everything will be fine. Yeah. We just, we have to kind of race up there because his poor mom is. She's going to be great. How, and your garden is fine. So far. So you heard that like yeah. you didn't get like. I think so. She didn't actually check it, but Kurt said it's in a low lying area. So don't worry. Right. Because I, mean, I have, like have all these zucchini and my big cabbages. Like. Yeah. I I was going to pick all no kale. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I don't know. I think hail is the worst thing for a garden if you're worried about a storm. I think wind, usually because it is so low, it it doesn't, you yeah. know, it's not like it rips up plants from the ground. I so don't know. Don't know, but don't I know. appreciate everybody that while we were watching the closings or the opening ceremony. Did you watch it? How'd you feel? Well, I was really happy to see Oily Man again from Tonga. He was there mm-hmm. for his second appearance. And there was an additional Oily Man from some African country who was took a cue from the first oily man guy. Yeah. So that was fun. When you say oily man, what do you mean? They're completely oiled up like you like like slick slippery seals. For what reason? <laughs> I'm not but sure. Aren't they to wearing... make them look hotter. They're oh, wearing it... like grass skirts. Oh, okay. So they're doing it as a as a cultural thing. Except like <laughs> I, the guy got so much attention the Tongan the one year he did it yeah. that he was back for a second repeat performance. Uh-huh. Um how did I feel? Yeah, it, how did it? Because it, it was it was an odd. I didn't get to see it, but I've got reports, and it was very odd. It was strange that it was. Um, I felt like, uh, from the fact that there was no spectators and stuff. Yep. But there was like people like let's get all hyped up, and it must have been hard for them all. Yeah, to pretend no to be crowd, hyped up. Um, everyone in masks, which of course some um like Simone Biles, who I wanted to see, she didn't walk because her. Uh, event starts today or one of the events starts today. Yeah, so, there were some people who didn't. And I can understand that. There, What was shocking to me was 100 of the 600 athletes that have gone to the Olympic Village are, as Americans, are unvaccinated and I find that shocking. How many? 20. 100 out of 600 of, unvaccinated. Of, of the Americans? Yep. I did not know that. I'm surprised they could get in the country. I thought they would all have to be vaccinated. Yeah, to me too. part of the Olympics. So that was kind of shocking and I can see you know, that's nerve wracking. This Delta virus is doing some stuff. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's there's a lot of it's like all of a sudden we're back. We, I guess most of us thought we were we were we're done with the talk about it. Most of us, meaning me. And I was really in that whole like shine forward and let's go and everything else. And it looks like we have to take a little moment to think about things. Um, I did put just so this is a good segue because I did put something on the Facebook page, you guys, on the Weekly Dish Facebook page. We're going to have a chat later in the hour or later in the show about uh, restaurants and vaccination, whether or not, you know, people can and should be asking for your vaccination proof. So we have that in there in on the Facebook page. I'm just hoping that everyone is civil in your opinions and we can keep it not name calling, if we will. <laughs> 
Because I know there are deep held thoughts and, and convictions about this. And I feel like if we can state your case, that's great without having to like tear other people down for their views, I guess. Yes. So that's what, but I did want to know. I did want to know how you, how people felt about it, what they thought. So, um, so we have that going for us. I do know that there's a lot of people who are, you know, a lot of people who are thinking about traveling. You're traveling. We were just talking about, and there's a lot of people who are like wondering about what that means. Canada is going to open again. My brother-in-law is coming. He lives in Montreal. Right. And they have not been able to come for two years. Right. He hasn't seen his mom. And they're coming in August. And they will require, from what I understand, they will require, if you want to go in, I don't know how it comes here, but if you want to go to Canada, because I was actually looking up in the North Woods for doing some crossing stuff. And I was like, so they're going to require your vaccination proof and a 72 hour test. Yep. So, so he's got to schedule a test. He's coming with his wife and it's different rules. This is weird, too. It's different rules if she flies versus if they drive. OK, that's what I was going to ask. And he's a dual citizen. So he's got United States passport and a Canadian passport. So for him, it's a little bit different. God, I wonder what it's I mean, easier like- for her to fly into Duluth than to drive. Like the rules are different, so huh. she's flying. He's maybe driving. because I don't know I if they can get vaccinated, or excuse me, if they can get tests right at the airport there, and maybe. therefore there's more control over it than voluntarily. Could, could they do that? Could they? Could they do like tests right at the airport, like a rapid test? Oh, I'm sure they do. Of course they do. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Have you? I mean, I mean, yeah. I've had rapid tests and everything else. I've done totally the fast swabs, but I didn't know. But you know, they always say like those are, you know, you always have to wonder about the efficacy of those. I guess they're better now. I don't know. I think it's better than nothing. Yeah. No, this is true. I and think if he, you have been vaxxed and you're getting a test swab and it's negative, I think you're probably pretty safe. Yeah. He, um, he's double vaxxed and will get a. When you say test. double vaxxed, you mean. He's two had shots. two doses of something. Pfizer or Moderna. Okay. okay. Most of the Canadians got Pfizer or Moderna. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then the AstraZeneca. And then there's one other one that was up there too. I, I would assume Johnson & Johnson, but I'm not you're positive. Right. You're right. You know what was interesting too was um, in China to travel, because a friend of mine's a professor. Yeah. You have to, even if you're coming from America, you have to have the Chinese vaccine. In addition, if you've gotten like Pfizer or whatever, yeah. you have to then get still the Chinese shot. Oh. They won't let you in without the Chinese shot. That is fun. Isn't that interesting? That's very on brand. <laughs> yeah. And it's, they, they, I think, don't have a lot of confidence in our shots. Right. For whatever well, reason. Well, you know, I know there's a lot of, this is my point. Yeah. Lots of feelings. Lots of feelings all the way around. And I'm going to Brazil. I know in you November, are. November. Just like I a just, COVID ugh, hot spot. Gross. I just don't like Brazil. But anyway, uh, so you here don't we like go. Brazil? Nope. Um, so let's talk a little bit about we have a great show coming up, you guys. We, we have um, we have Zucchini Talk, which you're going to launch into. We have the Wings guys because we went on. I went on a little bit of a Wings journey this week. Um, we're going to talk about some restaurants. We are going to cover brunch, Phil. So don't brunch. you worry about it. I researched some brunch. We got it covered. So we're going to have a great show for you guys. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 107. One brought to you by Hornitos. Are you thinking of buying a house this year, but you've been deterred by the crazy market? This is Stephanie Hansen from The Weekly Dish, and I moved in the last year, and my experience wasn't crazy. In fact, it was pretty great. I love my new house, and it would not have happened without the help of Carrie Oakst and Sue Durfee from Lake Area Realty. 
Carrie and Sue will work with you to help you find the perfect house. They know all the tricks of the trade so that you can get the home you choose without necessarily paying the highest price or overpaying. With mortgage rates being at historic lows, people are qualifying for higher priced homes, but with lower payments. Carrie scoured the neighborhoods I wanted to be in to make sure I was one of the first folks in the houses. I probably went through 50 houses last summer and the market moves really fast and there's a lot of negotiating and you have to be ready with agents that know what they're doing to get a great price, but also the terms you want for inspection and move-in dates. Each time you go through a home, you're going to deal with either Carrie or Sue directly. They don't hand you off to someone else. I had a great experience. So find Carrie Alks to C-A-R-R-I-E and Sue Durfee at CarrieAndSue.com if you're buying or selling a house. Hello, my talkers, my talk gardeners. Uh, it is gardening season. And you guys are about, I think, two weeks or three weeks ahead of where I am in Ely. And I am just Down starting here. to harvest. Yes. Yeah. I am just starting to harvest zucchini. And... To me, as a gardener, and I'm a new gardener, this is only my, I think, third season. No, second season. This is your second season. Last year was the one we didn't know where everything was going to happen. Yeah, so this is my second season. And each season, I do different plants and different seeds. And I need to start keeping track because I'm having some fails this year. And last year, everything worked and was amazing. Oh, really? (laughs) So So it seduced you and said, this is going to be easy. Piece of cake. And, and this year it's like, wait, what? And my one friend who's a, See, real, real. a real gardener, she was like, um, your garden is like amazing. You don't even know. So this year I'm like, I think I'm getting payback. So I have, I planted so many zucchini plants last year that I just had zucchini forever. And I had too many and I had too many plants and they were just all over the place. So this year I really cut back and I only planted four. Yeah. Well, apparently... I've got zucchini coming mm-hmm. and I picked a couple and a few looked great and they were delicious. And then a few looked like um, male genitalia. Okay. Like the two things and then the thing <laughs> sticking out in the middle. Okay. That's the only way I can describe this. Why couldn't you say the things that are actually part of the, the male anatomy? Yeah. It's not like it's. I'm just not going to say them because it's radio and I don't want to get in trouble. Because people are having their coffee. Yes. So if you can imagine this big bulbous bulb (laughs) and then the thing sticking out. So I was like, what? What is this? What's happening? And three zucchini had this. So it wasn't just one. So I reached out to my friend Minnesota Gardener on Instagram. If you don't follow her, you should. She's really a font of knowledge and she posts all the time. Beautiful flowers and she's got a greenhouse and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, what is going on here? And last year she told me, look, you might want to consider planting some flowers because there isn't a lot of flowers up there and you want to attract as many pollinators as you can. I thought about that, too. So I didn't listen to her because (laughs) because it was going to be too hard. Well, and it would be a row that would go to flowers, which I do. I love flowers, but I want vegetables up there. Right. So I didn't listen to her and I didn't do it. So I sent her the pictures and she goes, oh, a couple things are happening. First of all, zucchini need a ton of pollination. So they need a lot of insects and bees. Because it's been dry, we've been watering during the day. Well, when you water during the day, it's wet and the bees don't come to pollinate when it's wet. Right. So in a zucchini flower, there are many pistils and stamens. Yes. And each of them need to be fertilized and pollinated by a bee or by you because you can hand pollinate them. But so like half of the plant is getting pollinated, which is resulting in 
like half of it being bulbous <laughs> right? and then the rest of it being like a long stem. Okay. So I was like, okay, that's fascinating. Yeah. So we're now watering at night and in the morning to try to give enough dry time during the day for yes. the pollinators to come. It could also be because the plants are stressed because it is so dry because we're dry in a drought. And, and it's just going to be very interesting. So I have all these recipes that I'm working on for the cookbook, right? With these blue, beautiful zucchini. Yep. Nope. I've had one. Yeah. That looks beautiful. So, I kind of feel like it should still be kind of a little bit of a pornographic uh, picture. Like, who cares? I did take a couple pictures. Yeah. I should probably post them on my Instagram you so should. you guys can see. Because they should. really do look like a man package. I'm like, just going to say. You can say wieners. I think you can say wieners. I can say wieners. <laughs> wieners with buns. Just wieners. <laughs> so I'm heading up um, to the garden to figure out what's going on with my zucchini. I'm going to watch a tutorial about hand pollination because I have tons of flowers still. Okay. So I want to make sure that I get some good zucchini. Yeah. Yeah. And I have four big cabbages that I have to start making massaging into kraut. Yes. But I wanted to talk about zucchini because, you know, I'm not going to have pretty zucchini. So what do you make with the non-pretty zucchini? There's lots of things. The same thing you make with, you don't like zucchini. Is it about, you know, I don't know. I guess to me, you're cutting it up and you're doing stuff with it anyway, aren't well, you? Well, some things like gratins, I like to make uh, like layered things. Okay. And those are harder to do with misshapen zucchini. Okay. I'll give you um, that. So that will be probably coming for a different day. But <clears throat> I did put some recipes up. Yeah. If you've got zucchini and you've got pollinator problems, what you can do instead, or if you all or, of a sudden yeah, just have an just, abundance of zucchini, because that's most, coming too. Most people just have so much zucchini. Like it just happens and there's so much. And if you love zucchini and you have a lot, if you don't have a zoodler. Yeah, that's a key. Yeah. That's how we one. eat a lot, but fritters are the other way. Yes. I do love a good fritter. And that has been a thing that like... Sometimes I'm really good at fritters. Like sometimes I'm like, man, I am killing it on these fritters. And then sometimes I just either burn the heck out of them or they're like soupy messes in the middle. I hear you on that. Oh, God. And it's all your temperature of your oil. I think two weekends ago I made corn fritters and the oil was so hot. The corn was popping. Oh, and burning me every time it happened. Yes. I would be like, because <gasps> it would be this giant popping. And yeah. my mother-in-law standing there watching me. And yeah. I'm just like, ah. I didn't, I never make corn fritters, but I make, but the zucchini fritters, I always think like every time it gets all like that crinkly sound, you know, the, I don't know. It's just like, it makes me feel like, okay, everything's going to get on fire soon. You know, like I'm going to burn the house down for zucchini fritters. That's funny. Yeah. Um, Okay. So here's some recipes of things you can do if you have copious amounts of zucchini. A zucchini goat cheese tart is very easy. Yep. So you can either use a phyllo crust just rolled out from the freezer section, or you can make your own crust. I have a good recipe for it. Then you put goat cheese. Now, I like the humble goat cheese. They've got a plain or a garden chev, or they've even got a jalapeno one that's real hot if you're interested in really hot goat cheese. Yeah. But so you put your goat cheese down and then you layer your zucchini yep, and make it all like pretty and splayed out however you want to do it. And then salt and pepper, throw that on there and then put a little oil on the top and then just brush that on there and then you bake it. Okay. And you can, if you want to get fancy, throw more goat cheese on the top in little crumbles or you can do little feta crumbles or parm. Can or I tell just you? No cheese at all. Okay, well, or why don't you do go the best cheese and go to France 44 and get there's 25% off f- soft French cheeses and they've got some amazing French goat cheese. Like 
some amazing stuff. Like to me, put that on top of that. Oof. Yum. Real good. So, and I use lemon thyme too, which Love is your lemon favorite thyme. thing. That's totally my favorite herb of all time. Yeah. So that really works great on this zucchini yeah. goat cheese tart. Oh, I That's love this. Very this easy. Great. And it's super easy. And right. it's fancy to take to like a happy hour or. Yeah. Um, let's see. Chocolate zucchini cake. The Zoe. Yeah. She really kind of changed our lives. I think yeah. when. I made it for like. I remember I made it for camp for Jake went up to the cabin, not camp, but he went up to the cabin and I gave it, I made it for like the, the parents. I was like, here, this is for you guys, not for the kids, you know? And then I remember I posted it and so I was like, oh yeah, that cake. <laughs> she was like, she'd made it so long ago that it was kind of like, we all kind of forget about that stuff. I made it for Ellie's birthday when she was a little kid. Yeah. And maybe this was before even Zoe made it and you might've even given me the idea, but I thought I used the, I grated the zucchini on the box grater. Yeah. And I didn't use the small enough shreds. Oh, I used bigger you shreds. Used the big shreds. So then Ellie could see the green flecks yeah. in the cake. And then she was like, what? She was terrorized yeah. that I was trying to like sneak. I was sneak going veggies all, in. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. All, what's that woman's name that was married to Jerry Shoshana, Seinfeld? Shoshana, whatever. Yes. I yeah. was like sneaking vegetables in her food. It's like when I made the black bean cupcakes. Did yes. you just have black beans? <laughs> no, every cupcake I give Matt. Does this have black beans in it? <laughs> See? Yeah, so funny. Um, here's another really easy thing to do with the big fat zucchinis. Yeah. You shave them with a vegetable peeler, okay? So yeah. they're thin and shaved. And this can even be the misshapen ones. Then you put it on a platter. You sprinkle a little olive oil on there, salt, pepper, squeeze a little lemon juice, a little lemon zest, and then kind of toss, toss, toss. And mm-hmm. Now it's on your platter. Mm-hmm. You can then hit it with uh, toasted pine nuts. Yep. And then shards of parm. Yes. So same vegetable peeled parm, or yep. you can do a goat cheese, or you can do a feta. I've done them all. Yep. But that's a quick, easy, fresh, bright salad that gets rid of those big, fat zucchinis that you don't what know did what you, to how do did with you, them. You were saying you just use the vegetable peeler? Just the vegetable peeler. I use the mandolin, you know, that you sure. just get those ribbons. Yeah, And you get like, like a that. big, fat ribbon, and you get kind of a nice little, like, swoosh, and then they get all curly. Yeah. And if you have a really big one that's full of like kind of seeds or it's fibrous in the middle, just hollow that out like you would with the cucumber. But there's other zucchini recipes for zucchini curry soup, zucchini bread, zucchini fries, zucchini fritters. I'll put them all on the show page. Exciting. All right, we'll be right back. Hello, Weekly Disher. Spring is sprung, and that means the best-tasting wild-caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show, and that's because we are huge fans. Sitka Salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because, you see, Sitka Salmon is a community-supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations. And knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They even even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my Instant Pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka Salmon Share. Type SitkaSalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, SalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. We are here to talk about all the fun things that are foodie and frivolous and in the Twin Cities. And one of those things 
is wings because we all we've talked about frivolous about wings. there's nothing frivolous about wings this is true and this is a very hot topic always there's never a season for wings because it's always wings season and there's never a time when we shouldn't be talking about wings so what i have uh, i've had the privilege this week you guys of going on a little journey and we have i have ralph and zach who are part of wing mn are you guys here we are here you're here can you Hello? hear me? Both of you? Okay. So basically what we're doing is we're talking to Ralph and Zach, who are uh, who are two guys who are basically on a wings journey. And they are kind of going through the Twin Cities. And they're going to go and eat at all the great wing spots. And they're going to kind of highlight some of the wings that maybe we don't know about. Um, and so I don't know if I have both of you guys. Who do I have? Who do I have? Ralph, are you here? Yep, I'm here. Okay, Zach, are you here? I am. Okay, we got you. I wasn't sure. All right. We're just having... Rachel is just doing her best, man, you guys. Rachel's new at this still, and she's she's kicking it. She's kicking it, but we wanted to make sure we got everybody. All right, so Ralph and Zach, you guys, tell us a little bit about why you are on the Wings journey. Ralph, why don't you go ahead? Sure. So, well, Zach and I both have our own uh, Instagram influencing foodie pages, uh, so to speak, and we... I uh, love both of each other's work, you know, our, our photos of things and, you know, all of our engagement. And we both noticed every week we were both posting about wings, you know, uh, different places in the Twin Cities. We both seemed to be wing obsessed. So uh, we had kind of batted around the idea for a while of doing a wing review where we go to various local businesses throughout the Twin Cities, showcasing their wings. Maybe they have a, a new wing that they're focusing on. They just add them to the menu. Maybe they've been doing them for 20 years. Uh, we just want to show everybody where our favorite part of the chicken is. So we just cleaned <laughs> up and uh, we've been having fun with it. And Zach, we talked about what is the mission here? I mean, like, what's the eventual mission for all of this? Yeah, so really, um, our vision is to inspire a new wave of uh, wing creativity in the Twin Cities. Yeah. We want restaurants to notice what we're doing and go, hey, we make good wings. Why can't, why can't you guys come in here? We really want to inspire and just see what, what can be made out there. This is, I mean, and this is the thing. So, you know, as far as wings go, we have the classic stuff, right? I mean, we have the buffalo and, you know, there's always, you know, the easy things to understand. But then you get into a place where, like, there's been some crazy good creative wing generation in town. What do you guys think as, do you think that we're on the upswing of this? Or do you think that, you know, chickens are kind of, you know, is it, do more people want creative or do more people want the classic? Ralph, go ahead. I think it's going to be pretty subjective, but I, I know uh, as far as me and Zach go, I mean, we you know, trying all the wings everywhere we go. We're always looking for that new uh, creative take on the chicken wing. Uh, obviously, you know, we belong to a couple of wing groups, and it gets pretty heated. There's some people that are only for buffalo wings. You know, that was the original. That's all they're going to do. Uh, personally, and I don't want to speak for Zach, but I, I like to find something that's very unique. I want to see some strange flavors going on, uh, some different cooking methods, and uh yeah, we've been finding some of that. So I think it's, that's kind of on the uptick is that, that creative thing, what you can do with that chicken wing. Um, yeah, sky's the limit. What do you think What do you think is the weirdest thing you've seen with the chicken wing so far? Ooh, um, there's uh, places out there that I've seen um, incorporate lavender. Oh, lavender yum. Lavender honey wing. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. 
I think there's a weird space to be, there's a weird case to be made for the fact of like, if you think about craft beer, right? And craft beer goes like the, nobody could have predicted like the milkshake beers and all this, like these cake beers and everything else. I think that that's a weird thing that may be happening also in the wings sector. Like, I think we might get these like desserty kind of wings. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah I, I love Zach, that. You like I the think peanut butter and uh, jelly, right? Oh, peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Zach, you like that? Yeah, absolutely. There's some good dessert wings out there. I've had Snickers flavored, um, Twix, <laughs> different types of cookies and cream, fruity pebbles. That's mm. disgusting. Cool <laughs> and they're good. You like them? I do. It's a it's an interesting take um, to try to pair those flavors and do them well. They definitely have shock value to them. I think that's kind of the draw. Yeah. But try them. They're good. Okay. Well, okay, so you guys invited me to come along on one of the wings journeys that you're on, and we went to Fire and it's it's Fire and Nice Ale House, right? And yes. they it's basically a pizza place, but they decided to throw a couple wings on the menu, and they've been doing it for a while, but nobody had really been talking about it. Um, Ralph, tell us a little bit about what you thought of their wings. I thought their wings were great. They uh, cooked them in the pizza oven, so they're more of a roasted wing than they are a deep-fried wing. You didn't get the real crisp on the yeah. outside. You got some of the char from the wood fire, which was really nice. Uh, but I, I think like we talked about at the restaurant, it wasn't that there was anything wrong with it not being super crispy. That's kind of a preference. It's just a different style of wing. But right. I thought their sauces were all on point. Um, there's some unique flavors going on, so I really enjoyed them. Zach, how did oh, you feel about them? sauces. I loved them. I thought they had great flavor, you know, a little bit different style wing, like Ralph said. Um, I'm also very visual. I love a nice presentation. Okay, yeah. They came out beautifully. Um, they, they, you know, do nice toppings. Some of those wings had chopped up green onion and sesame seeds on them. I love that. You love a little garnish. You're ready for the oh, accoutrement. Yeah. One of the things, like, so I love the dry wing, that the dry rub wing that they had. And he, uh, you know, Chef came out and talked a little bit about that he was using this Paul Prudhomme's black, uh, blackening seasoning, you yes. guys, which is like so many of our weekly dish, you know, listeners have this in their spice cupboard because it's just one of those things that you have. And he said that he did this. He was like thinking about how it was good. So he blackened. It was for blackening the wings. And then he also. So the sauce that he created with it is a Bernays sauce, which is kind of like I know it's not a Bernays, but it's like a Bernays aioli yeah. if you want to get into some weirdnesses because it is mayonnaise. Right. But. I thought that was an interesting thing. Do you guys have feelings, each of you, about, like, what's the appropriate sauce to go with a wing? I think we both, I think Zach and I both love blue cheese, if we're talking ranch or blue cheese. Yep. But that, yeah, that sauce that he had out there, specifically that Bernays sauce and the different aiolis, we were definitely talking about that a lot. You don't see that a lot of different places. They're usually going to bring out ranch or blue cheese. Right. So, yeah, kudos to Chef on that. And it's yeah, kind of that was absolutely delicious. Yeah, that was really good. So here's another question though. So for me, I'm thinking, okay, so I do love like a dry rub wing, and I'd rather go there. I don't really do a lot of dipping in the sauce. I mean, I usually, you know, like to me, like the the blue cheese or the ranch is there. If the wing is so hot, it that's where you dip your your you know slice of celery to kind of get cool down. Like that's mm -hmm. the point of that. But so many other people like dip the wing right in the sauce. And that's totally, I just realized that is when we were hanging out, I was like, the photo, uh, Kate, the photo person wanted me to dip it in. And I'm like, I don't do that. <laughs> I, who does that? But do you guys do that? 
I, I, yeah. I like to have one right away without any sauce just to see what it's supposed to taste like on its own. And then I, I do dip quite a bit after that. If the <laughs> sauce is really good. <laughs> Ralph, I think we're cut from the same sheet because I do the same thing. Yeah. I always eat the wing. I always go for a drummy right away. That's my favorite. Yep. Grab that eat I'm, without I'm the any flat, sauce yeah. and then... And then go pretty saucy after that. Start dipping. Okay. I Yeah, I don't. And so here's here's my thing for you guys, because you're looking for creative wings. What if what we're really looking for is creative sauces? Like, what if we go with this, like, classically, perfectly, technically done crisp wing that has just maybe a little bit of seasoning on it in one way or another? And then it's really about the sauce. How do you Absolutely. feel? Absolutely. I think really there can be you could class this out for days. You could go on and on and on. And with you ever, if, if you start talking about the best wings out there, what are we talking? Are we talking saucy wings? Are we talking dry rub wings? Yeah. No. Nope. You know, Asian inspired, all these different genres that you can talk about. But um, yeah, I, I absolutely love the saucy. Um, what was the question again? Well, I'm just, I just think that it's like, if you get into the creativity, we have to consider not just ranch and blue oh, cheese. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm feeling There's, it. Uh, absolutely, some creative sauces out there, and that's what I think is fun because you can really take that to another level. You can add layers of heat. You can do so many different things. So I definitely started out by liking saucy wings, I, even over soft. It just was delicious to me, and I think my flavor profile has started changing a little bit as have had so many wings, and I'm starting to really like more of a dry rub lately now. Yeah. Okay, let's let's get down to some dirty business here. I want you guys to name me your three top spots for wings, each of you. But Ralph, you go first. Okay. <clears throat> oh wow, we're gonna get messages. Yeah, it's gonna that. get dirty. You gotta um, be honest. <laughs> uh, so my three favorite spots. Uh, my number one is Skinner's Pub and Eatery over in St. Paul. Nice. Um, yep. Possibly a little bit biases in my neighborhood, but they they have a. Uh, bourbon teriyaki wing that's just been tugging at my heartstrings for years now and i can't find anything to top it uh number two would be burger dive they have a dry rub um they only have the one silo wing on the menu it's slightly breaded seals all those juices in um chef o'leary over there is killing it with those yes uh, and our first uh wing adventures that zach and i went on was at burnt chicken uh with bernard over on the east side and he is doing some fabulous things with some uh, Caribbean-style sauces, some Korean-style sauces, and we love those wings. So okay. that's my top three. And Burnt Chicken is now a food truck, you guys, if you want to know that for sure. Okay, yes, Zach. I know he has wings on the menu tomorrow. Oh, get out. Really? They're back? Yeah. yeah. He's going to bring them back occasionally, I think. It's, it's The public demands it. Okay, I love it. Okay, Zach, what are your top three? All right. So my first is going to be a controversial one, and people either love them or they hate them. I'm sure I'll get messages on this, but I'm going to go with D-Spot as my number one out oh. in Oakdale. Okay, yeah. Lo love it. Um, is there a particular one there that the, you like? Because he's got, like, what, 175 or something? <laughs> yeah. Um, so my favorite there is probably going to be the Buffalo Bills. It's okay. where they have a classic buffalo, yeah. and they infuse that with blue cheese. So the, oh. the blue cheese is all over the wing it's delicious okay nice all right what's your next one next one is a little spot way out in loretto minnesota that nobody probably knows about it's called the choo-choo bar oh i know the choo-choo bar <laughs> yeah yeah okay, i so. used to live out there <laughs> yeah so i grew up out that way um i still make my way back out there to to get 
uh, what they have is a wing called the Mark's Wing. Yeah. It's a... It's hard to even classify that one. It's so, so interesting, but it's closest to a dry rub. There's 50 or 40 or 50 plus ingredients in this thing, and it's like a 40 plus year running recipe. Oh my God. Um, they're absolutely incredible, and just the flavor is through the roof. My favorite dry rub out there. Good. Okay, what's your last one? My last one is going to be Northbound Smokehouse. Oh, I love those. Nice things. call. Yeah. Their wings are so impressive. They're always big and juicy, and they're smoked just perfectly. I do love uh, a smoked texture wing. Texture on them is fantastic. They're they really crunchy. They do great wings there. Awesome. Awesome. All right, you guys. Well, thank you for coming on. You guys follow these guys at hashtag WingMN, Wingmen, Wing Minnesota. Um, we're gonna, you guys are going to show launch a video next week of our little wings journey, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, look for it on Wednesday, Wing Wednesday. Wing Wednesday. And we're going to hook up with their Soda Eats and Ralph Matthews. We're going to put their Instagram uh, to, you know, handles on our show page so that you guys can find them, too. Thanks, you guys. Thank, Thank you so much. much. Thank right, you. We'll be I right back. Their wing tech. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, yo. So I know you love it when I say yo. So I got to make sure I got to throw some of those in there. <laughs> Uh, 651-641-1071. Rachel is waiting for you to call and we are going to take your calls. We'll take your Twitters. We'll take your emails, whatever we got. So we, we do have Brian on the line. Brian, what is going on? Hello. Hey, Brian. Brian, you're like our regular weekly caller. What do you got for us today? Hot weather eating. You were talking about a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Well, in the 1980s, I'm old enough to remember Cafe Brenda. Yeah. Soba salad. Oh, soba salad, yeah. So I remember that. I love that. That's a, I'm telling you, it's cold noodle summer. I think it's cold noodle summer. Oh, so it was soba noodles. Yeah. I was like, what is Don't that? Don't you think? Does anybody do that now? You know. Um, the soba noodle salad uh, by Brenda Langton. I have the recipe here. Oh, wow. Um, it was posted on the Mill City Farmer's Market. It's homemade peanut butter, rice vinegar. It's like a peanut noodle. But with soba noodles and fresh shredded vegetables from the garden that are seasonal with cilantro and peanuts. I'll put it up. It looks great. Great. Cool beans. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, it's like literally, did we talk about the Jabba noodles that I sort of, they're the Taiwanese street cold noodles that are doing the whole like. um, No, we have not talked about this. Okay. Jabba. Jabba. J-A-B-A noodles. And they are, uh, it's an internet you know, gang sure. again. It's like that's how everything's happening now. <laughs> like the you pan, don't need the a restaurant. Japanese pancakes. Yes, the dumplings. You know, the dumpling yep. Saturday dumpling club. Those cats who are in the magazine. I put them in the magazine this in August. Um, and then it's like, and it's the Morgan's broth and buns. You know, it's like let's start a little thing and then let's sell it off of our Instagram, and that works. Sure, it's working. People are making money off of this stuff. Don't you think that's cool? Yes, I do think it's cool. <laughs> Um, here's what else I think is cool. We have a question. Okay. Good evening, ladies. I'm looking for a gift from my cousin who's a great cook. She wants to start mastering bread, looking for a good sourdough starter and maybe bread accessories if you have a minute. Okay. So I did already answer this. Yeah. Because I knew this one. This is the folks at Sunshine um, Flour. Sunshine Mills. Sunshine Harvest. Thank you. Sunshine. Here. I'm going to find it. I know. 
It is Sunrise. Sunrise. That's it. Thank you, Stephanie. Sunrise. Uh, Sunrise Flour Mill. They are organic heritage grains, and they are a Minnesota-made company, and they're so great. This is Daryl and his partner, Marty, and they were traveling all over Europe, and they decided to get into the bread business, which is hilarious. He's a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. And they have this kit it's a bread kit, and you get a starter of the sourdough flour. You also get two of the baskets, and you get the wire stirring whisk. Oh, the Danish whisk is everything, you guys. And you get the scraper. Yeah. Because you have to keep stirring. Yeah. So um, it's $60. It's on sale right now, but you can find that at Sunrise Flour Mill. I'll post that on the page, too. And then also, just so you know, there is, if you want to grab starter from Honey and Rye Bakery, they still have that. Oh, yeah. And that's an easy pop by in town. You know what I mean? You just go grab it, and then you can... They're so great there. They're so great, and I just love those those ladies. Okay, we do have Tanya on the line to talk about some zucchini. Tanya, what's going on today? Hi, good morning. Good I just morning. had a few other suggestions for zucchini. Do it. Please. Um, one is a lemon zucchini bread, and the recipe actually makes a couple of loaves, and Yum. so it freezes up lovely. And um, a crescent zucchini pie. Super easy to make, and it's nice and savory. Got some great flavors. And then um, for Smarch, the savory zucchini cheddar quick bread. Yes, please. Yes, 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 please. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, where is so that? Ch- cheddar quick bread? You know, it's a quick bread, and I didn't. I printed off the recipe from the computer, and I pinned it. Okay. But it doesn't, the printout doesn't tell me where the source is. Okay. Well, if you tag me or somewhere, I would love that because I am down. For, that sounded, that like totally zinged my brain in the right way. Yeah. I'll are you find on something. Pinterest? Okay. All right. March. Thank you. I appreciate it, Tanya. Yep. Bye. Bye. All right. We have Patty on the line. Patty, what's going on today? You have potato salad questions or issues or comments? I do. I always struggle with how long to cook the potatoes. So Instant Pot or on the stove. I don't want them mushy, but you don't want them hard. Yeah. It's so dependent on the size, the kind of potato, and the uh, yeah, the way you do it. I guess for me, I use smaller potatoes anyway. Like I tend to buy the rounds, the small rounds. And, okay. and then I just sort of, I kind of just keep stabbing them with the fork until I'm, I boil them. I don't Instant Pot them because I want control. Yeah. yeah, so you don't have a time. like a I, I, time. I don't. I use the My class. My mom would say 20 minutes. She'd say 20 minutes, Patty. I use Class B potatoes, which are... <laughs> Is that a brand name? It's a size. Yeah. So, but I've never... Uh, I don't... It says it on the package. They really? come in two and a half or five pound bags, red or Yukon. And those I are... I used to do Idaho, though. She wants the big white fluffers. <laughs> Oh, I would cut those into so then I, I would a russet potato you're using for potato salad that's your problem friend. <laughs> so yeah, don't use those potatoes. Use it's a too Yukon fluffy. Gold or use a red potato. Cook it for about twenty minutes if you're using the class B size. Undercook them a little bit because they keep cooking once you take them off because you they keep they're still hot. You and then the skin on. You can leave the skin on or peel them, but then refrigerate them. Because what happens when you refrigerate them? Oh, I do. Yep. The starch uh, comes out and it makes it a little firmer and it's easier to cut if you want to cut them into chunks or squares or whatever you want to do. But you're using the wrong potato. All right. So that's my problem. I think so, because they're blowing out. Yeah. It's too fluffy. Yeah. It's too fluffy. 
Okay, so I use a small potato, Yukon Gold or red. Yeah. And I throw them in with the skin on. Yep. And 20 minutes. Okay, just going to correct you. If you use the small potatoes, like Stephanie's saying, the the ones that are like an inch or two. Like even the purple ones, I use those too. Those are going to cook less, so that's going to be about 15 minutes. That's going to be about 15. The bigger Class B size that are about the size of a fist, Mm -hmm. those are going to be 20 to 30 minutes. A racquetball. Okay, perfect. Okay. Okay, Patty, good luck. Now you're situated. Send us a picture. You guys are awesome, and I usually listen to my podcast, so I can't call in. But today I intentionally called in because my husband is so mad about my potatoes. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's sweet. Good luck. Go kick butt, Patty. Good luck. Okay. All right, you guys, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have the second hour of the show. We're going to talk about some restaurant stuff. We're going to talk about some maybe little controversial things and brunch. That's what we got. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 107.1.